morning. Welcome again. So grateful to have you here today, joining and worshiping with us. So excited to be able to share with you this morning. We're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament today. We've been spending a lot of time in the New Testament lately. We're going to look at maybe a familiar story for most of us in Exodus chapter 3 today. You know, I love the stories of the Old Testament, especially these stories here where kind of we see God in the beginning working and interacting with his people and communicating and showing himself in different ways. And it's such an encouraging thing to see, seeing how God really desired to know his people and to be in relationship with his people. And we see this story here in Exodus chapter 3, which I find is a very encouraging story for even us today in understanding what God might be trying to say to us. And it's this familiar story of Moses when he has left it all behind in Egypt where he grew up and is now getting ready to go and embrace a different life. And so he's working for his father-in-law Jethro, and so he's, which means he's tending the sheep, taking care of being a shepherd. And so the Bible shows us here in Exodus chapter 3 where we're going to read this morning. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, And he led his flock beyond the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. And then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. This is such a memorable story in the Old Testament that many times we we read and we've heard over and over again. And and today I want to talk to you about something a little bit different that Moses was experiencing in his life As we see Moses, we see him in the first verse here that he was keeping the flock of his father. He was doing what he always knew to do. He was doing his daily job. He was going about the ordinary. But it was in the middle of the ordinary. It was going about his daily life and daily practices that that was when God was trying to get his attention. And God did so in such a way that there was a bush that became consumed by a fire. And what is really interesting to me in this story is that the Bible says that Moses, he said to himself, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. It's interesting because it's like the fire itself did not catch Moses' eye. But it was the fact that the bush was not burning. It was just a flame coming out of the bush, but it wasn't being consumed. There was no smoke coming off the leaves. It was not being uh, singed. It was perfectly in shape. And this was what caught his attention. It was almost as if it was a regular occurrence to see bushes on fire in the wilderness, which maybe there would have been. I don't think so. But this was what caught Moses' attention, was a burning bush that didn't consume the leaves on it didn't consume any part of it. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is along this subject. Is God trying to get your attention? Is God trying to get your attention? For Moses, it was a bush that was on fire. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But maybe for us, God is trying to get our attention in different ways. 
God trying to press through the noise of our world to get our attention. We are, in the 21st century, are busier than ever, more consumed than ever. We have less focus than ever. And it is a hard time in our lives and in our world for God to try to get our attention. We have moments where Fortune 500 companies spend billions of dollars to try to come up with the best marketing schemes possible to try to captivate our attention so that we will buy in to whatever they're selling. And it may be a moment as, as quick as a second as you're scrolling through your phone. All those noises just show us how much our attention is being pulled from all over the place. Our attention is being grabbed from, uh, school, from school. Maybe you're in school. Maybe it's from your job. Maybe it's from your family. All of the things that are happening in your life, our attention is constantly being demanded from us. And this is certainly a way that God is trying to have to fight through the noise of our lives, to fight through the busyness, to try to get our attention. And so today I want to ask you, is God trying to get your attention? And we're going to talk about a few things that Moses did here when God was trying to get his attention that showed the right steps that Moses take, took. Moses made a lot of mistakes along his journey, just like all of us, but this was one of the things he did right. What you'll notice here is what, uh, what is interesting about this, the first, is that Moses was going about the ordinary in his life. And it was in the ordinary that he discovered the extraordinary. And I bring attention to this because this is where a lot of people lose heart. A lot of people are going about the ordinary. And they get tired of that. They want to give up in that. It's leading the sheep to the wilderness. It was the same old, same old. Clocking in at 8, leaving at 5. It was driving in and leaving. That was Moses' daily life. And this is where a lot of people quit. They give up in this process, just the ordinary. They may give up and get frustrated because they feel like, well, maybe God isn't interested in my life. Maybe God isn't working here. It's in the ordinary, like washing the dishes, driving the car, walk, taking walks, whatever it be, may be. It's when we get really well acquainted with the ordinary that when the extraordinary makes itself present in the ordinary, we become immediately aware of God at work. And that was the case for Moses' life. He had to have some long practices of going about the ordinary. He had to have some long practices of walking the sheep in the wilderness so that when the moment came that the extraordinary was present, he would realize, God is at work, I must draw near and see what's happening. This was the same case if you go and read the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. He was going about his ordinary duties. He was threshing wheat in the threshing floor. He was doing what he always knew to do. And it was in the ordinary that he discovered the extraordinary. I want to encourage you today to don't lose heart and don't give up in this season of ordinary. Maybe you feel like, what's going on in my life? Be faithful in that season because it's in those moments where you really discern the extraordinary. And so here Moses is. He's going about the ordinary, but notice what he did first. The Bible says he had a conversation with himself, which is an interesting insight that we get in Scripture. I must turn, my, turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And then notice verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. The first thing that Moses did was he paused and he listened. He paused and he listened. In all of the things when God is trying to get our attention, it was when Moses 
when the Bible says that when the Lord saw that he paused, when he stopped, turned and looked and began to listen, that was when the Bible says, and then God called to him out of the bush. In all of the busyness and all the noise that's going on, a lot of times what you and I struggle with and God is trying to fight for the most is our attention through our, through our time, pausing and listening. And listen to this, God speaks when we give him time to speak. God desires relationship with you and I. We say that over and over and over again. And this is what is so amazing about this scripture here is that he goes on, God goes on later in the chapter and proclaims himself. I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But yet he called Moses by name. And this is a common occurrence in Scripture where he called Moses' name twice. Moses, Moses. This happened with Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. This happened with Simon. Simon, Simon. You see this. Jacob, Jacob. Over and over again through Scripture, we see this theme that when God speaks twice, he calls them by name. But it's about to mark something that God is going to say that is going to guide and direct their lives. And this is what is amazing about the scripture is here is the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the almighty God, but yet he calls you and I by name. And what God is inviting us to do in the world where he's trying to fight for our attention is to simply pause and listen. Pause and listen. It's a practice that is early, it goes back as early as the early church, taking time to pause and listen. When, when we begin to get a sense and notice that the extraordinary is making itself present in my life, that's the moment where you and I have to pause and listen. Maybe God's trying to say something to you and I. Maybe there's something like what happens to me a lot of times I've noticed is that I'll read a scripture and then I'll come back, go throughout my day, and I'll notice that that scripture comes up everywhere. It'll happen, it'll come up in a radio, I'll listen to somebody, it'll be something and I read later, and I notice that God is drawing me back to that scripture. Maybe I didn't hear it right the first time, and so I come back and I listen again. And God speaks in a multitude of ways, and we see this through scripture, and it just happened to be a burning bush that worked for Moses. But what is it that God is using right now in your life to try to get your attention so that you will, he will draw you in to pause and listen? Maybe it's this prayer you've been praying for, asking for direction for your life, the purpose and plan for your life. Maybe it's when you pause and listen that God will give you the direction you've been looking for. Maybe it's when you pause and listen that God will help guide you and direct your steps where you need to go when we take time to pause and listen. And it was when, notice this, the scripture is clear, when the Lord saw that he turned, then God called. This is the same thing God is looking for today in you and I, is that when we turn to him to listen, God sees, we knows that we're giving him the time of the day to speak to us, and then he can begin to talk with us, have conversation with us, build us up and help grow us in the faith when we pause and listen. Next thing you'll notice here is that he paused and he listened, and this interesting thing happens here before we talk about the next thing, a little side note here is that the Bible says that he told him in that moment when he said, Moses, Moses, Moses responded, here I am, that he told him to remove the sandals from his feet for the place which he was standing is holy ground. Is holy ground. And this is an interesting thing and why God told him to remove his sandals at Horeb at this particular place. It could be for a multitude of reasons. Maybe it was to mark the beginnings of where the Mount of Horeb would represent in the later of Moses' life. But nonetheless, 
God told, told him and spoke to him in this place that it was a holy moment. It was a moment that when God speaks, when God gets a hold of our attention, and when God talks to us, when God grabs our attention through all of the noise, that it becomes a holy moment. And what I want you to see in this is that this was a moment that was significant in Moses' life because this was what would begin to shape the rest of Moses' life. And it's in these holy moments that help set us up for the later moments in our life when we forget about who God has called us to be. For example, when you and I are going about our purpose and plan, every person in this room today, doesn't matter where you came from, what background you have, every person in this room, God has a purpose and plan for your life. And every person in here today, when we are discerning God's voice and trying to follow his direction for our lives, it's these holy moments that will carry us through the seasons where it feels like God is not present. It's those holy moments that when the enemy comes in like a flood that we have to be reminded, no, God did call me, God did speak to me, God did give me a purpose, and we begin to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It was this holy moment that would become significant in Moses' life as a way of always being able to look back and say, I know without a shadow of a doubt, God was present in that moment, God gave me his word, and I can hold on to it with my life. All of us here today, your purpose and the plan God has for you in your life, as you discern God's voice, these moments are so important because they will be your source of encouragement, your source of joy, your source of strength in the days and years to come when it feels like you're waning out and ready to give up. This will be the moment to remind you, no, God called, God ordained, God appointed, and I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to grow weary. Remember these holy moments. And so then Moses, the Bible says that he responded, here I am. Moses, he paused and listened. And then the second thing is he became available. And we use this terminology a lot in Christian lingo, becoming available. And we have songs that talk about here I am to worship and availability in our lives and availability in Sunday mornings. But listen, when Moses made himself available, here I am. I'm not sure that he realized that in the moment God was calling to him and he said, here I am. But what God was really looking for from Moses was not a momentary availability. It was a lifetime of availability. And that's what God is looking for from, from you and I is that when he is beginning to speak and the extraordinary is happening, we pause and listen and then we become available. Not just available on Sunday mornings, not just available on holidays, not just available when we feel like it, but we become available with our lives. Every day, tomorrow, the next day, every part of our life, not just available on, in our service to the Lord, but available with our jobs, available with our finances, available with our careers, available with our families. Whatever it is, we become available to God's plan. And this is really, even just as much as God has to fight through the noise, God has to fight for our availability because we we so easily give ourselves to anything and everything but the Lord. We're more willing to commit to our jobs than we are to Jesus. We're more willing to commit to things we don't love as much than we are to the Lord. And all of those things, God is fighting for our availability. God is looking for a people, the Bible says, whose hearts are, are looking to him so that he can strengthen them, pick them up, encourage them, and use them for the, his purposes. Not just these uh, one areas of our lives, but every part of our lives. This is the greatest question I believe all of us have to answer. And it's a question that's repeated through scripture. 
Are you available? Every person, you can go through and read this, this phrase, here I am, I encourage you, find it in Scripture, over and over again. Isaiah, others, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, would have to answer the question, are you available? I don't just want what you can give me, I want your life, God says. I don't want just a little part of you, I want your availability. And what's amazing about this, as you're going to see, is that his availability would go on, and that would be the only qualification that Moses needed for God to use his life. And I've heard a lot of people in my life and working alongside in ministry always coming up with excuses and reasons why God can't use me. This thing or that thing, but really the only thing that God is looking for your life and my life is are we available? Because God knows we are far from perfect and he's got a work to do in all of us and that's the joy of the journey. It's just being available for that. So in this moment here, we see Moses, he paused, he listened, he became available. But then he goes into this interesting conversation. And later on in Exodus chapter 3, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And, and just in this world of God trying to get our attention, I want to give you just these couple guardrails. I like to call them guardrails because they keep us in the lane. They keep us in the road. But a couple guardrails to help us discern the nature of God's voice. Because there's a lot of voices out there today calling for our attention. There's a lot of teachers out there that may be teaching things that are not based in the foundation of Scripture. Things that are contrary to the Word of God. False doctrines, false teachers. There's, a, there's so many things. Winds here and there and everywhere. But if you really want to discern the nature of God's voice, there are a couple things from Moses' story that will help us learn. Is how do I know if God's speaking to me? It's questioned that there have been hundreds of books wrote on. How do I discern God's voice? How do I know when God is calling to me? How do I know if God's speaking? Here's just a couple things. If you can use these in your life, it will help guide you to know when God is speaking. The first thing is he said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God responded, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. Who am I that I should go, Moses said. And God's response to that was, I will be with you. It was a paradox, really. It had nothing to do with Moses. It had nothing to do with Moses's who he was or his person. It had everything to do with who God was, but yet it wanted to use Moses's life to accomplish that. And in the discerning the nature of God's voice, it will always bring the glory to God. It will always bring the glory to God. It will always, when God speaks, he's not going to speak in a way that glorifies man. No, Bible says in Isaiah, he's not going to give his glory to another. When God speaks to you and I, when he calls to us from scripture, when he gives us his promises, encouragement, how maybe he wants to guide us, it is always going to be in a way that God gets all the glory. It's always going to be in a way that when people stand back and they look, they're not going to stand back and applaud our lives. Because our lives, we're come from the dust of the ground, but it's only God's Holy Spirit living in us, giving us life. It will be in a way that God gets all the glory. When you're discerning voices of preachers and teachers all over the place and reading books and understanding what is God saying, listen to this, it will always bring glory to God. It's not going to rob his glory. It's not going to give pride to a person. It's not going to be so we can applaud other people. No, it will always bring glory to God. That's why Moses, or God said to Moses, I will be with you. 
Moses, you're going to stand before Pharaoh. And he's going to look at you. But guess what, Moses? He's not going to see you. He's going to see, I will be with you. Tell him, later on he says, I am sent you. Tell him, God Almighty sent you. The one above all, he sent you. It's not about you, Moses. It's about God Almighty. God will always get the glory when we're discerning God's voice. The second thing is, is you notice he said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you're discerning the nature of God's voice, it will always bring glory to God. And the second one is very much like it. It will always bring the focus to God. When God's working in the purposes and plans in our life, it's not so that when I get to the end of my life, there's a, a memorial service for Charlie's life and people can see my picture up on the screen, however it may be. It's not so people can say, what a great life he lived. No, it will be in a way that says he loved God. God helped him. God used him. That would be the greatest honor any of us could ask for. It's not that I could get the glory, but that God, and that it would bring focus back to God himself. It is I who sent you. Listen, when God sends us, when God speaks to us, he always speaks in a way that is in line with his character and nature as it is in Scripture. You can read this book, and if, God, if you think you've heard a voice that says something that is contrary, you ought to check that voice. If you, if you hear something that goes against what Scripture says about who God is, maybe you need to re-listen again. God will always speak in a way that lines up with his character and his nature. He is not a God that he contradicts himself. He is not a God that he changes himself when he speaks to us. And this is a thing that happens. People say, well, God said this to me, about, but it's completely contrary to Scripture. Then it's not God speaking. God is never going to do anything. He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God is not going to speak in a way that throws out His Word and says, I never said any of that. God is always going to be in a way that affirms and confirms exactly what He said in Scripture. It will always bring the focus back to Him. So Moses, when you stand before Pharaoh, tell him, I sent you. It is I who sent you. It is I who sent you. The greatest success of any service we have here on a Sunday morning is not that people would leave and applaud the choir and say, wow, they, sound, they sounded great. But they do. It's not that they could say anything great about a sermon. They could say anything great about the lights. The greatest compliment I believe we could ever get is when people say, God was among them. God was at work in that place. I love God's love. It covered my heart and, and, and drew me closer to him. That was when all the focus goes back to God. Who am I that I should go? Moses said. Who am I that I should go? And notice, it had nothing to do about his skills, his talents. The nature of God's voice had everything to do about his availability. Was he available? Was he available? And this morning, that's the question I believe God is asking to you and I. Is God trying to get our attention? Is he been trying to knock on the door of your heart for some time? And we've just been going and going and going and haven't paused to listen. Maybe we've, God's been trying to call to us through the noise of our busyness, but we haven't taken time to read his word and listen to how he's speaking to us. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through prayer. Musicians are going to come. In all of this, it was in the presence of the ordinary that Moses discovered the extraordinary. Have you taken note of the extraordinary things that are happening in your life? Have you taken note of how God has been at work around you? And maybe that's the sign that God's trying to get your attention.
Bible teaches us in, later on, and we see this in Scripture and throughout the Gospels. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. He that has an ear, let him hear. That's kind of a redundant question, right? Because we all, most of us at least, have ears. But the question is, do you have an ear that hears? Do you have an ear that hears what God is saying? And learning God's voice and the nature of God's voice. Listen, the best thing you could ever do is just read His Word because this is His voice calling to us, beckoning to us. And maybe you're here this morning and you've been going through something. Maybe God's trying to get your attention. Have you paused and listened? Have you became available, not just on Sunday mornings, but have you made your life available? Oh, there's no greater joy. I'll just tell you this for my, uh, I believe every other Christian in this room could tell you probably, there's no greater joy than when we make our life available to the Lord. Oh, no greater joy. It's not always easy, but there's no greater joy to know that when I'm going forth in God's purpose and plan, I don't have to worry about who am I. All I have to know is God sent me. God's for me. God's with me. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you close your eyes today? Take a moment and pray here. For Moses, it was a burning bush. What is it that God's using to try to get your attention? The funny thing is, most of the time we know it, we just won't admit it. Are you going to pause and listen? Would you give your ear to listen and see how God wants to use your life and empower you and invite you into His purpose and plan? Oh, it's greater than anything I could have ever asked for. So this morning, Lord, we bring ourselves near to you, Jesus. We pray this morning, God, give us ears to hear, ears to listen and know how you're calling us, what you're saying to us, Father. Lord, help us to not grow weary or lose heart in the ordinary. Help us to keep being faithful where you've called us right now, Lord. Not abandon that not leave that and it's in those moments in the ordinary that the extraordinary becomes immediately present and father i pray today that we would continue to be faithful where you've called us help us lord to continue serving you with all of our heart father maybe there's someone here today and you've been trying to get their attention for a while i pray today they wouldn't cast you aside they wouldn't close their ear to you i pray today they would listen lord help us to not have selective hearing to God's voice, but help us to have open ears to God's voice today. Lord, I pray today that we would become available in every area of our life, the deepest caverns of our soul, Lord. Help us to become available today, Lord. Help us to give ourselves completely to you, God. Not withholding anything back, but we may do the response of every great man and woman of God in Scripture. Here I am, Lord. All that I am, here I am right now in this moment, tomorrow, every day ahead of me, here I am, Jesus. I belong to you. My life is not my own today. Lord, we thank you. As the choir comes, I want to encourage you. Maybe you want to kneel at your seat. Maybe you want to kneel here at the front. However it is, would you just pause and listen, become available today? See how God's trying to get your attention. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus.
As the choir sings, would you call on him today? Listen to him this morning.